0: And welcome back to Gems Podcast. With me in the hot seat is Alex Demchuk. And you already know me, it's your girl, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the founder and host. But let me tell you more about my special guest, Alex Demchuk. He is a former SEC quarterback for the Missouri Tigers. Alex graduated with a degree in communication and a minor in business. Alex is an ispi- inspiring communicator, facilitator, and trainer who challenges businesses, schools, sports teams, and nonprofits to maximize their potential and make a difference. Alex is the author of Thrive You. The inspirational book is a collection of stories from a hundred collegiate and professional athletes from across the country. The book has been used by many youth groups, schools, and businesses as a resource to help others maximize their platform and thrive rather than simply survive, and we're going to learn why Alex is so passionate about what he's doing because he focuses on leadership, entrepreneur, and most importantly, writing a book because we've all heard everybody has at least one book in them, right? So without further ado, let's welcome the man behind it all, Alex Demchek.
1: Wow, thanks for that intro and thank you for bringing me into the hot seat. I'm very excited
0: my pleasure Alex and before we dive into the meat and potatoes of our conversation I definitely want to give the audience a chance to connect with you on a fun and personal level and I do that via one or two ways if you're a fan of the show already you already kind of know what's next so I do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game what are you in the mood for
1: You know what? I want you to surprise me. I'm just in the mood for, see. let's see how I can do on on this morning here that we're doing the recording. Let's see how awake I am this morning. So let's just fire it at me.
0: Okay. So we're going to (laughs) do rapid fire with Genesis and Alex. So question number one, you just won the lottery and you're so eager to go out and spend this money. You're like, you told your family, I'm loading you up, we're going on a trip. And they're like, Alex, there's a caveat. And you're like, what's that? And they're like, you have to donate to three charities before we release the rest of the money to you. So what charities are you contributing to?
1: Yeah, so first, I would, you know, tie it to my church. And then second, actually, this is a good segue, I have a nonprofit that I started called the Touchdown Foundation. So we help build uh, water wells in 18 different third world countries. So I, I would donate there. And then I would probably donate to Fellowship of Christian Athletes. You know, as, a, as an athlete growing up, FCA had a huge um, impact in my life. And so I think those are three, three good ones right off the bat there.
0: Ah, super cool. I like that water one. I used to work with a guy who was on American Ninja Warrior, Nathan Warcalter. and he would go across um, doing the water well projects, but he was an engineer by trade and I was a supply chain. So I was like, oh my gosh, Nate is on TV.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not athletic enough to be on the Ninja Warrior for sure. So your buddy's cooler than I am. So
0: Question number two. If you could be a fly on the wall and eavesdrop on any conversation, past or present, what conversation are you listening into?
1: Gosh, uh, just for the relevancy of what's going on in America right now, I would say Elon Musk and Twitter board meeting. Would love to hear what's going on there.
0: Amazing. <laughs> Question three dream car or dream home?
1: Uh, dream home i don't really I buy used cars I'm a big dave Ramsey guy I'm big, big um, you know financial freedom type reader when I read stuff so I, I I never will buy an asset that depreciates like a car does so I only buy used cars i buy I buy a truck I, I buy the truck that I drive right now is pretty old and uh, I love it so definitely I feel like a home is a place where you host people it's um, your home and so for me I'd much rather have a dream home um, you know than I would a dream car
0: I love it. I think I feel spoiled because I was. I told my husband I want both. I need my Lambo black <laughs> on black with some blue neon lights, and I need it with the highest RPM because I love to drive fast and I love like yeah. need for speed. But I was like, when you're a mama, you can't be
1: <laughs> driving yeah. like that. Yeah are you are you going minivan?
0: Oh no! If it was my husband's choice, he would say hell yeah, and I'm like hell <laughs> no. Like you can't you can't rev up a minivan like that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's true. You get some NOS going in the minivan, so yeah.
0: <laughs> Question four. Are you an Apple or Android user or a hybrid?
1: Apple, all the way. I, oh. I'm not smart enough for those Android people. What? <laughs> <laughs> and See? it's like when you, when you text them, it's green, and it's just not, you can't send emoji. You can't, there's just stuff you can't do.
0: <laughs> Five, <laughs> favorite food.
1: Uh, I'm Ukrainian. So, uh, Polovsky's are really good and pierogies. So I, I got to give my Ukrainians a shout out as uh, everything they're going through. And my grandma, uh, would always make us the best food. She was, you know, from Poland, Ukraine. And, um, so yeah, those are, those are really good foods.
0: So what exactly are those two for the audience and myself? Cause I'm a foodie yeah. and I don't know what they are.
1: Yeah. So a, a pierogi, you can, you get it like the store. It's almost like a, oh gosh, like almost like a dumpling, I guess. And you, you have like either sauerkraut or potatoes inside. And then a polatski would be like a crepe, but you could put syrup on it, or you could put some people with applesauce. Mm. So it's kind of like a, a crepe. So not the healthiest, you know, options out there probably, but you know what, you got to YOLO, you got to, you know, you got to try them, you got to experience them. And, and then you'll, then you can support Ukraine while you're doing it.
0: Oh, nice. Thanks for that education there on food. So six, you just want an all expense paid trip anywhere you want to go, Alex, and your family could come to. However, there is a kicker. They're not flying back to your home base for this period of time. So where are you headed?
1: So if I could go anywhere in the country, where would I go for vacation? Because I just want to make sure, that, what's the home base part? I just wanted to make sure I understand it correctly. So
0: they're not flying back to your home base, but you could go anywhere in the world, all expense paid.
1: Yeah, I would probably say Naples, Florida. I like, We like going going there. You know, I, I don't need to go out of the country. There's a lot happening in the world um, right now. But uh, yeah, I think Naples, Florida, we're pretty simple people. Uh, we really like that part of the country. And so
0: easy seven if you could have lunch or dinner with any person past or present who would it be man um
1: i'll go um i'll go tim tebow he we've we've had the chance to work out together before for two hours so i guess i've kind of done it but we we haven't had lunch together that'd be kind of cool to follow that up
0: super cool (laughs) eight what is your favorite music genre
1: uh, I would say Christian or country is probably what I lean towards. Um, just, uh, yeah, I've been listening to Ben Rector recently. He has a new album. That's, he has Snoop Dogg on there. So that's been pretty good. And uh, so, yeah, Ben Re- give a little shout out to Ben Rector.
0: Nine. Okay, here's a good one. You're on a deserted island. The weather is amazing. You're enjoying your time. However, your resources are dwindling. And you only could buy one article at this gift shop. And here are the options, two bananas and a mango, a t-shirt, or your favorite CD. What are you buying? Uh,
1: CD, I don't know if I'd have a CD player, so I don't know if that would help me out. So I'd probably go bananas just so I could try to ration the food out as long as I could last, so... I go go bananas.
0: (laughs) Amazing. It's hilarious some of the um, things people pick. They're like, I'll definitely go CD because I need some music. And some people are like, well, I need some substance. And then one person's like, well, do I have clothes on? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) And 10, this is our pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you pass, you get to ask me one question. So our roles are reversed. If you play, I ask one last question to conclude rapid fire with genesis so do you want to pass or play
1: um so if i pass i get to ask you a question yep i want to yeah let's pass
0: okay what's your question
1: so my question is you have all these you know these you've got all these interviews you interview all these successful people what it what would you say is the best piece of advice that you've learned from all your interviews if you could just say like a sentence or two from doing all these interviews with really cool people, not saying that I'm really cool, but other people that I've seen on your show, what would you say that advice or piece or golden nugget would be?
0: Ooh, I would definitely say never stop believing in yourself and don't ever sleep on your dreams because now so many people are caught up in this whole imposter syndrome or trying to compete based on what they see on social media. So I definitely think that's the best piece of advice and that's definitely a sentiment that I live on because um, I'm not sure if you heard my tagline I was like I wasn't born in a box I'm not going to be in a box so don't place me in a box mm. until Jesus calls me home and I decide to be in a box.
1: Yeah that's great wow I love that. <laughs> yeah
0: so thank you for playing rapid fire with Genesis. Now let's jump into our segment so I know you focus a lot on leadership and entrepreneurship as well as writing a book. And I'm going to start with the book first and we're going to work backwards if that's cool with you, Alex. Yeah, yeah. So I want you to talk about your two books that you have. You have Thrive You and then you have your latest book, up, um, Sale, which just hit an, a major accomplishment on the bestsellers list, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, I can just talk about both the books. I guess my first one uh, for people that are watching on video here, it's Thrive You. And so this was my first book uh, that I came out with a few years ago, there's about a few hundred, I guess exactly a hundred actually professional and college athletes that I put together their story and the whole, it's kind of like a daily devotional book. And the whole concept is rather than just surviving, what does it look like to thrive? And so a lot of their people, a lot of athletes in the book tell their stories of their faith journey of what they've had to overcome um, to thrive in their life. And so that's why it's called Thrive You. And so that kind of got me into speaking, writing books, doing that kind of thing. It just kind of opened the door for that. And then my next book I co-authored with John Gordon, if you can see it here, it's called The Sale. And it's uh, like you mentioned, we just hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list last week, which was really exciting. And um, the book is essentially about it. So it's, have you ever read any of John Gordon's books in the past? Are you familiar?
0: Not that I can recall, but what are okay. some of his popular books? Yeah, I mean?
1: so, so John's the author of 25 books. The Energy Bus is his bestseller that sold millions of copies, Power of Positive Leadership, Power of a Positive Team. He has a lot of books, and a lot of companies and teams use his books. And so for this book, it's just like all of his other ones, it's a, it's a fable. And so it's a business fable about character and integrity. And so a lot of companies, a lot of, like I spoke at a, a, a resort actually a few days ago, a company was bringing me into for their leadership offsite. And so I was working with all their leadership team on, on the principles from this book. And so that's what I do for a living now as I speak full time um, to companies, organizations and teams. And so this book, The Sale, is about a guy who's in sales. He's in aviation sales, and he has the chance to make the sale of a lifetime. And the sale would actually bring him $7 million in his commission, which is from where I come from a lot of money. That's a, that's a lot of money. You know, uh, like you said earlier about the dream house and the dream car, you could get both with 7 million. And, um, but he has a chance to make the sale, but there's only one problem. It's that to make the sale, they have to, his team has to lack integrity in a pretty major way. They have to falsify some reports. They have to turn a blind eye to some of these things. And if you've, you know, just the last few years we've seen in the news, like when, when airplanes and, uh, these manufacturers, they skimp out on things. Like we've seen what happens in some of these airplanes. And like there's a right now, there's a documentary on Netflix that even just shows. It's called Downfall, and it kind of speaks to some of this stuff. And so the whole story of the book is, what's he going to do? Is he going to make the sale, make all this money, or do the right thing? And so he meets this mentor named Randy, who teaches him these principles and laws about integrity. And so I can't tell your listeners what happens at the ending of the story if he does it, if he makes a sale or not, because. It is a suspenseful ending, and I think that's some of the reason why um, you know, it's hit some of these bestseller lists is because it is a really fun, encouraging read. It's only about 150 pages, but it's really encouraging and inspiring. And so it's cool to see the transformation in the main character throughout the book. But again, gotta leave your all your listeners on the cliff there. I can't tell them they're gonna have to go out and buy it at you know, they can buy it on Amazon or the Salebook.com, but we're, we just really wanted to write a book that people will actually read and finish. And I mean, just before I got on the podcast this morning, someone said, hey, just read it. It's awesome. So it's like those kind of texts is, is why I, we, we do it. We wanted it to be something that people will actually read and engage with and then be inspired to make change in their own life.
0: That is super cool. And I'm going to ask a question based on the first book first. Yeah. Um, so with Thrive you how did you go about surveying the 100 athletes that you wanted to feature in your book? What yeah, was a great, your process?
1: It's a great question because honestly, it, it's not easy. It's not an easy process. And for my first book, just looking back, like I chose to do a devotional style book, getting a hundred different stories. And it definitely takes a lot longer when you do that. So for anyone listening, who's like, you know what? I want to write a book and have a bunch of other people in there. That's great. It can, it can work out, but just know it's, you're relying on other people to submit their stories or interview them. So it takes a little bit longer, but I actually worked at a Christian sports camp called Kanakuk. And it's in Branson, Missouri. And it's a sports camp where I was a, as a college athlete, I was a counselor. And at this camp, you're a counselor for all these high school athletes. And so you just meet all these other college athletes. And I I don't know, there was just a morning where I was having kind of a devotional time and just, uh, I was out by the the water and just kind of thinking and praying. And I just felt like, man, I I know so many people here that have incredible stories that have been through a lot, have overcome a lot. Like, where could all these stories be told? And I was like, well, I don't really see a book out there that does this. And at that time, there definitely wasn't. And so um, that's where I started just reaching out to people I knew. And so a lot of the 100 people in the book are just friends of mine, people that I know, or I've you know played sports with in the past. And that's kind of how I started. I just started emailing people saying, hey, or texting them, hey, would you be willing to do this? Here's what I'm doing. And people loved it. They loved being part of it. And um, yeah, it's just really cool years later to still stay connected with a lot of these athletes in the book. Um, to see what they're doing now and them reaching out saying, oh, I just gave this to my aunt for Christmas and for her kids and they love it. Things like that are just really fulfilling to hear.
0: And then the next question I want to focus on is the artwork behind both of the books. Yeah. So cover art is very important whenever you are creating a book because that's the first thing people are going to see. And sometimes the cover can make or break the book because people are like, Ooh, that's intriguing. I want to know more. So how was it designing the covers? Let's start with um, the sale first okay. and then we'll go to uh, Thrive you that way we can switch it up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You had a, you, you just made a great point because a, a book cover really can make or break a book. And so for example, the, the sale book cover, so it ties in with all of John Gordon's others, but other books, it kind of has a very similar look, but if you see it here, there's a coin on the, on the front, this big coin. And so um, we actually tied in the coin to the story. And so Matt, the main character who will get $7 million, he will actually be collecting it in cryptocurrency. So this is like a, a crypto coin. So for all the crypto heads listening, you'll appreciate this. And we actually made this book cover into an NFT. And so for anyone, and you can still redeem it right now online at the If you buy 11 copies of the sale, you actually get an NFT that has marketplace value. So you could win, like John Gordon, my co-author, he speaks to a lot of NFL teams, for example. So we have a randomizer and so it'll select someone and you could win a trip to go speak to the, you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers with John and be in the locker room, stuff like that. Um, But there's other prizes as well. So my point is with the cover to answer your question, I would really think ahead for all your listeners who are wanting to write a book, think ahead of what you're trying to accomplish with the book. You know, you could make it... um, Creative in the sense of there's 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 kind of more of a buy-in. Like on the front, it says the number one strategy to build trust and create success. That's kind of our tagline. But I would encourage, like what you said, don't don't cheap out on a book cover because, like you said, it could make or break. And just literally, I was in Barnes Noble this weekend, and I, I was with my wife and my daughter, and I actually saw it's kind of funny. I saw someone in the business section. It was two ladies, and they were actually walking by, and I kind of saw them look at the sale as they looked at these other books, they ended up grabbing a different one, but I wanted to like go over there and be like, um, you should buy the sale, but I, I didn't. But anyway, um, that was early this weekend. And then Thrive U, my friend Bill Chalanda, he did a great job with this one. Um, and he just incorporated a lot of these actual pictures of athletes. And for us, we wanted to say, when you look at this, you know that it's for an athlete. The U kind of has the university type theme to it. And then my buddy Lee Tenenhoff, this is actually a picture of him on the back. Um, him praying before football games that was pretty cool and special and I surprised him with that so again to your point I would definitely say hire it out you know I'm not a graphic designer type person at all Um, I couldn't draw anything well probably so I would definitely encourage your listeners that's something that you hire out for sure.
0: Amazing. And faith is something that is very important to you. So how do you pair faith and leadership together? Because there are some leaders, but they don't have the faith aspect. And I think whenever you pair faith and leadership, that's where you get that integrity part because that faith is part of the anchor for your core values and your morals. So how does that um, be evident in your day-to-day activity as well as the work that you're doing?
1: Yeah, you you said that question very eloquently. I definitely agree with how you asked that. Um, but yeah, definitely, I guess my faith, I mean, that guides, you know, my faith in Christ guides all my decision-making and the way that I live. And, and definitely in the integrity piece on the sale book, you know, that's kind of where we're saying, you know what, the, um, we are called to be good stewards of our gifts and our abilities. And we are called to be excellent in all the things that we do. But what would it look like to, to lead, to live in a way to where you can have high levels of success and honor God with the way you do things, but you don't lose your soul in the process because we see so, you know, I think about all the, a lot of former athletes, former teammates that I had who are now in the NFL and some of them probably should have been in the NFL making millions of dollars, but because of the character issues that they had in their life, the decisions they made off the field, they're not in the NFL. And, and this scout said, Oh, we're not going to take a chance on that guy because of the character decisions they made. And so I think for anyone who's listening to this, whether you're an employer who's trying to hire people or you are an employee trying to get hired, it's like, man, your, your, your character, or think about it like this your talent sets the floor, right? But your character sets the ceiling. And I think that's so true. Your, your talent might get you in the room, your talent will get you the job interview but it's really your character that's, that keeps you there or, or allows you to maintain that level of success. So to answer your question, you know, my faith, obviously um, something that I strive to have to be first in my life. And so, you know, yesterday being at church with my family and um, being in small group, being around people who are encouraging me because I don't, we're not meant to do life alone and God didn't create us to, to, to be alone and um, we're, we're made for relationship. And I think that was some of the hard part about the last, you know, with um, the last few years, a lot of people have experienced is, is going through that, the isolation and things that now people are like, man, it's it's so good to be back together. And um, so, yeah, I think that's a little bit on the faith piece and kind of what drives, drives me, but I think it's specifically on the book and why we wrote it. It's like, man, what would it look like to be excellent in the small things um, in your life?
0: Absolutely. Because if you know how to steward the small things, God will make you a rewarder of the bigger things. And it's almost like the mustard seed faith. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. So imagine if you increase your faith and you live life according to how Jesus wants you to live life and you don't diminish your gifts and talents at the appeasement of other people who were never meant to be with you on the lifelong journey. And that segues us into the entrepreneurship because whenever you may leave that corporate setting and go into a the entrepreneurship bucket, you're working in your business first before you work on your business. And whenever you start working on your business, you have to lead the people that are under you. So you have to make them your disciples as you are, you know, the one that is stewarding them. So if you don't know how to steward yourself, how can you steward other people who are coming under you? So let's talk about entrepreneurship and, the fact that you are a man of faith, your husband, your father, so family is very important. So that's a core pillar. Then you have your faith as another core pillar. Then your past, because sometimes people see us and put us on a pedestal when, in actuality, we're just a human being, just like they are. Mm-hmm. But we may be in a social, a different socioeconomic status, but that doesn't mean I'm better or bigger than you are.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great way to put that, and. Yeah, a little bit about my entrepreneur journey is, so in the, la- the last five years, I've been in say corporate sales, and I, I had a great job. I worked for a company who they actually just hit the, the Forbes. Um, they came in at number 14 on the best companies to work for in America. And so this is a company that's amazing. Veterans United Home Loans, they are awesome. And you can, I mean, just a great company. And so I, I was doing that for about five years, having a lot of success, have so many great friends there. The last September, I was, you know, I'd kind of been building the speaking business on the side. So I was doing home loans, doing mortgages. And then on the side, over the course of about four or five years, I was building up slowly the speaking business where I would, you know, at work, I'd be at the cubicle, I'd be working, but then I would get on a plane and go speak at a different company or a team or whatever. And so I was going great. But last September, I would wake up in the morning. It just started, it just hit me one morning. I would get this racing heartbeat and I would just wake up in the morning. All of a sudden it was boom, 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 boom. And of all my years as an athlete, I've never experienced anything like that. And so I, you know, talked to my wife, I'm like, this is super weird. And so I go to the doctor, they do an EKG and they're like, everything looks fine. They're like, but what are you, what are you doing for like your work-wise work stuff? And I listed off like seven things that I was doing and they're like, well, this is probably why this is happening is you've completely overdone it. You're, you're going at an unsustainable pace. And they're like, if you don't slow down in some areas, this will slow you down. And that was a big wake-up call for me. You know, I'm 29 years old. And to be told that, I was like, man, I thought I was pretty healthy, and you know, all this stuff. And, but I, I had to really take a step back. And so that was in September. And so I did start to kind of reorient some different habits and, you know, didn't have to send off the emails at midnight and these kind of unhealthy habits that I had started living. And, and so that got me thinking like, you know what? 20 years from now, what do I want to be doing? What do I feel like I'm called to do for my vocation, for my job? And again, it was a great employer. But actually in December, um, I, I, after a few weeks, the, the heart chest um, palpitations went away because they said, they said, if you scale down, this most likely will go away. It did. So it went away. And that was a big eye opener for me. And so December 21st, right before Christmas, I actually made the decision to quit my day job. You know, a very comfortable salary, benefits, all those things. I have a mortgage. I have, like you said, I'm married. I've, I, my wife stays home. I, we have a daughter. So, from the world standards, it's like the most, least practical time to, to make a jump like this, right? But I just felt called, and I felt like God had just been opening doors and, and maybe closing some doors, but also opening doors pretty clearly, um, just kind of opening them wide open in my face, saying you need to go here. And so, I made that decision, and it was scary and it was um, hard, but I just trusted in God, and so. This is, I guess, you know, a few, six months after I made that or however many months I can't, you know, can't remember. But from December of 2021 is when I quit to now and I've just been doing my own thing of just speaking all over the place and the book launch. And then I have a company that we'll probably talk about here in a little bit, writemybooks.com where we actually help people write and publish their books. And so it's been just so cool. And for your listeners out there, I spent four years in corporate america actually close to five while doing a side hustle like i didn't just wake up one day and say you know what i'm going to jump all in and i'm going to risk things for my family no like i i was diligent in the sense like i grinded it out man and i did essentially two jobs and you know tried to make it all work and didn't do it perfectly but i said you know what i want to get this side hustle to a point where it can be sustainable and so for all your listeners who are like man i do not want to be in my day job anymore I, I really think there is a plan, there's a way to do it in where you don't have to make your, your family starve, um, where you can um, really start kind of offboarding this work and start onboarding the other. And I think that's a little bit about my journey that I'm passionate about is helping people say, you know what, don't wait 20 years to go write a book. Don't wait 20 years to quit your job that maybe it's not the best fit for you. You can make those decisions now. It just takes some intentionality.
0: Absolutely. And I definitely want to hear about the writing that you're helping other people write and publish your books, because there's a lot of things that go into it. Me being an author myself, I went the publishing house route the first time. And I think if I write another book or whenever I do, I'll probably do self-publishing. That way I could get a feel of both. So talk about that. And then we'll jump into the call to action afterwards.
1: Yeah, so my first book, Thrive You, um, I went the self-published route, and then the second book, The Sale, I went the traditionally published route with John Gordon's publisher, who he's used for 25 books, and so that's kind of why I used his publisher for that one. But yeah, I definitely, as far as you know, reasons why people should self-publish. Um, number one, it's a lot easier to get your book out there. You know, waiting on a traditional publisher, very few people get that opportunity, and they just turn down a lot of people. They really only care about you selling books. And that's the nice thing about being able to professionally or self-publish is you retain all the rights to the book. You make more money on each book. You get to put whatever you want in the book. And so um, how writemybooks.com started was my buddy named Will Severns. He lives in Kansas City. He actually wrote a book called Gouge. And I I saw he put it on LinkedIn. So I bought it. I read it in a weekend. It was a really, really good book. And, and then I called him and I said, Will, like, man, you are a super talented writer. Like I read your book in a day. And I said, have you ever thought about helping other people do this? And he's like, well, it's funny you say that. Someone had reached out to me that week. And then that a week later, my buddy who was playing in the NFL at the time named Colin Holba, he reached out and said, hey, how can I do more speaking? And I said, well, it helps to have a book. And he's like, well, I want you guys to write it. So that was our first book client. And so fast forward to now, we have about 16 different authors who are writing, were, are kind of in our pipeline that we're writing and publishing their book. We do some marketing as well, but mainly it's that piece of, hey, how can I get my book from zero to ready to publish? We're working with all kinds of pe- people, teachers, former athletes, people that have been to prison, um, all re- literally all across the map. And it's just so fun for us because we get to help people say, you do have a story. We want to help steward that story, whether we're ghostwriting it fully for some authors or we're just helping them structure it. And you can publish this in a way that's affordable where you're, you know, we're not getting any book royalties. Uh, The author retains all those. We feel great about that. And so we just really want to create this awesome service. And the coolest thing is we have it down to a 16-week process. And so for anyone who's listening, you know, usually think like, okay, someday I want to write a book or, you know, someday I'll get around to that. And we're saying, no, 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 no we're going to bring a team around you for an affordable price. And now in 16 weeks from today, so about four months, your book will be published on Amazon. 70% of all books today that are bought are bought on Amazon. And so we're going, man, um, you'll have this piece of content that you can use to attract more clients for your business, for an impact piece, however, wherever you want to go with it, we'll help you steward the story and make it happen. And so that's been really fun because it complements my speaking business really well. You know, I, spoke recently at an event and I had someone when I got off the stage and said, hey, I want you to write my book. And so it works out really um, well in that way. And it's been really fun. And we're just, we're honored as we grow. We've we've been bringing on a few of our first team members um, as writers, editors, project managers. The accountability piece, I think, is what's so important for authors. Rather than saying, okay, three years from now, I want to write a book. We're saying, what about four months? Like, We will help you do that.
0: That is awesome and amazing just to hear that and how the business is beginning to grow. Now let's jump into our call to action. Alex, what is it that you would like the audience to walk away with from hearing your story?
1: Yeah, so I would say if I can make the jump, if I can make the leap, you can too. And some, one thing I didn't mention that I want to say is before I made the jump to quitting my job, because you know quitting your job like that's something that a lot I mean the great resignation right just happened and so you know I'm a millennial and so a lot of my friends have done that the last few years and it's still a relevant thing and something I did before I made the jump is I actually talked with 12 people in my life before making that decision so family obviously my wife people who are full-time speakers and authors people who are full-time in the mortgage industry people I wanted to hear all sides of it and 12 out of 12 people when I told them my situation where I wanted to go and I laid it all out there for them, 12 out of 12 people said, Alex, it's a no brainer, you need to go for it. And so I would encourage people listening, if you have this dream, whether it's a book, or you're quitting your job, or you're doing whatever it is for you, find people who care about you at and just lay it all out there. Don't, don't, don't be scared to to kind of share your dream. Because I think a lot of times we, we hide it and say, well, you know, someday, I'm just gonna like hit the lottery, or someday, it's just gonna, then it'll be the perfect time to go write my book. It's like, no, Like no author thinks that, like any author that you see in in Barnes and Noble, that their book is in there, man, they did not wait for a convenient time to start writing. They started writing and maybe it was 15, maybe it was a few pages a day. Maybe it was one page a day, but they started. And so my encouragement to someone listening is obviously, I think you should write a book because I think everyone has a book in them and a book can just open up so many doors. But if you're, if you're like, uh, books, not for me, that's totally fine take one practical step towards where you feel like you're being called. Because if people keep complimenting you saying, oh, you're so good at that. Or, you know, I bet for you even, I bet before you wrote your book, I bet someone said, man, you should write a book someday. Like I, if people are encouraging you that way and saying things like that, I think that's just such, you know, um, God is using those people to speak directly to you. And I, I, would, I would say take those things seriously and really assess where do I want to be? Not maybe next year, but like 20 Thirty years from now, if it's not in your current job, then what are you doing to take a small direction away from that? What are you doing to to build a foundation for long-term success? And so yeah, if you want to check out a new book, it's um, obviously the sale. You can go get it just anywhere books are sold or online. And then we would love to talk with you if you if you have an idea for a book or you've thought about it, you know writemybooks.com is where you can connect with us there.
0: And Alex, are you on any social media platforms?
1: Yep. I'm on all all the social media platforms just at Alex Demchak. I haven't got on the TikTok yet. um, But uh, other than that, I'm on social media. So,
0: And there you have it, listeners and viewers. You just heard Alex Demchak. All of his contact information will be in the show notes. So scroll down and tap in with him. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And I want to thank each one of you for supporting the brand. We just currently increased in our ranking. So we're now in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts for www.listennotes.com. And I want to thank you for supporting my guests as well as myself as we bring topics that are educational, inspirational, and motivational. So until we chat next time, peace love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email